the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Jason Shepard. Every time I hear that music, by the way, I wonder if the clap was part of the music or if that's like Cole in the background every time, just, you know, clapping along. What's up, Cougar fans? Welcome in to Cougar Tailgate. Hey, we finally got basketball games to talk about, and the game against Gonzaga probably went about how you expected. But look, it comes with more hope for West Coast Conference hoops in the future. My name is Jason Shepard, and normally... I'm on this show with Lauren McLean, but uh, congratulations are in order to the McLean clan. Uh, Lauren, not here today. Probably not going to be here at least next week and maybe the week after. Uh, they have welcomed their second child, so congratulations to Lauren and Steve uh, and uh, Cash, their son. And now they can add another son. And if memory serves, Memphis Levi McLean is the new member of the McLean family. So congratulations to Lauren. So she's going to take some much-needed uh, maternity time and be with her family. So joining me on the show today is a coordinating producer for BYU TV Sports. His name is Dave Phillips Jr. He is my boss. Everyone calls him Junior, though. Nobody. His dad is Dave Phillips Everybody just calls him Junior. So, Junior, welcome into the Cougar Tailgate. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Um, obviously, not Lauren, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to have a little different Lauren, little di- little bit different voice than Lauren, and and hopefully a little different uh, takes on that. No, no, I'm I'm really happy to be here. This is fun. Love the show, and uh, excited to be a part. Okay, so your career, and you've been doing this a really long time, but. All of your career has been behind the scenes, so in in a lot of different arenas. So first off, give everybody a quick idea of what your background currently is and and what it means as a coordinating producer for BYU TV Sports, but also kind of your background and how you got here. So, you know, I've been around sports a a long time and stuff. I started off when I got out of college, went and worked for the Jazz, absolute dream job and stuff, doing the pre-half and post-game shows and learning to produce and learning kind of the background side and ended up doing a lot of stuff with NBA TV and, and ESPN and CBS and a lot of things, done a lot of stuff with Real Salt Lake and producing and, and actually doing graphics. Been with BYU TV uh, almost eight years now and absolutely love it. It's probably the favorite place I've worked. But this is, you know, this is a fun job. Behind the scenes, we kind of kind of my job is to, is to make sure that everything happens. Make sure that we we have sports. It's the that man that makes it all go. That's yeah, something like that. But making sure that we have people in the right place and that we're uh, we're broadcasting as much as we can. BYU is such an amazing university where it doesn't matter what sport it is, it seems like BYU's at the top. I can't think of a sport where BYU isn't a contender. And stuff. So there's up years, there's down years and stuff like that. BYU's Olympic sports don't get the credit I think that they deserve nationally in terms of just how good the overall athletic department is. Obviously, football and basketball are going to get your, your notoriety. They're going to get the biggest attention. But as a, as a complete athletic department, BYU is phenomenal. It it really is, and it doesn't matter. You know, obviously, football, basketball get get the most attention, but you know, cross country, which isn't a sport that's broadcast, we're one and two in the nation, right? And and stuff, and and you forget about that, and so that's kind of one of the unique things about BYU is we have access to some of the best teams in the country, but also the best broadcast facilities. Name another place where you have the amazing facilities that we have here: the radio station, the TV aspect of it. 
we, this is an amazing place to be, and, and it's really a great university to work for. Well, we're going to tap into your knowledge and kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff that maybe fans don't necessarily either either know about, or if they do know about it, maybe know to the degree in which stuff happens or has to happen for games to, to come about. There's a lot of stuff. I'm actually really excited to have this conversation. We're going to do that coming up in our next segment. Right now, though, since we mentioned it, we actually do have a basketball game to talk about, and you you can actually speak to this a little bit before we get into it more in detail in the next segment, uh, but obviously the game against Gonzaga on Thursday night, which obviously didn't go BYU's way, and, and BYU was a heavy underdog going into that, Gonzaga's the number one team in the country, uh, that is a game that, that essentially came about in roughly 48 hours, and, and you had a, kind of a front row seat to a lot of this. Yeah, and, and it was amazing, you know, we look and we see, and, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about Mark, Mark Pope tweets out, oh, we got a game. The the interesting thing was before that there were probably four or five different options on the table, you know, and and the great part about this is you know and and it was terrible. I mean, we heard the stories of they're on the plane, they're getting, they're flying to L.A. Going to go to play for nine, <laughs> and then mid air, thirty minutes in, they turn around and come home. They are walking to get on the bus to go to the plane to fly to San Diego, turn around, go home. And then it's, you know, Monday they find out, okay, now we're not playing Pacific anymore. So there's a lot to go into it. And and Mark Pope and and Tom Homo and these guys, obviously they want to play. BYU has, has a good team this year and stuff. They really want to make some noise, and you can only do that when you play. And so they worked really hard to reach out and, and had multiple options on the table. Obviously, Gonzaga is the one that you want. You wanna if you want to be the best, you gotta beat the best. And so you got to play the best. And you happen to have the number one team in your conference. conference. Yeah, which, you know, and, and, and a huge, huge credit to Mark Pope. On BYU basketball with Mark Pope, we, we kind of teased him and stuff, and we gave him the Zach Wilson headband of <laughs> any team, any time, any place. Because, not afraid. They will go out, and they will schedule, and they will play whoever they can. Do you but think it, he kept that, by the way? You think it's like in his de- I, in his office, like on his desk? I, I bet it is. I, I think it's kind of a fun joke um, and stuff for him. <laughs> I, I keep it. I, yeah, oh, definitely. But you know, I don't think he. We're going to see him wear it. <laughs> maybe, maybe in a pickup game. Sure. And stuff. Yeah. And and by the way, that's what I want to see is the BYU basketball coaches pickup game. Look, we hear that they they pick offices based off of like a shooting contest. Yeah. Look, we've already aired one of their practices. Let's air that. You know what? That would be fun. That would really, really be fun. And by the way, the practice, that was one of the neat things that I've ever done in my life was um, televising a practice. I think that was that was something unique and different and kind of one of the special things from COVID where we've been able to do scrimmages and practices this year and a unique look at behind the scenes. Let's talk about the actual game against Gonzaga. Once, once you knew that BYU was going to play the game, look, like we said, BYU went in as a 17-point a underdog. Ironically enough, they end up losing by 17. It's, it really is strangely um, creepy how often that turns out to be accurate. But look, Gonzaga came in. They were obviously undefeated, the number one team in the country. Probably the best Zags team they have ever had, and that's really saying something. But this is a team that had four wins against top 20 teams, and we're not talking about eking out victories. These were wins over top 20 teams where Gonzaga 
was in control of these games, and they came out and really flexed their muscles early, and BYU found itself down by what twenty to four in the in the first six minutes. Yeah, well, it was twenty twenty three to two early on. It, it had kind of the shades of that Boise State game, where that you know down fourteen nothing in the Boise State game, and, and and kind of that slow start, and then they get going, and then there was a point where they cut it to thirteen, and you thought, you know what, if they could have this by ten at halftime, okay, we could we could start to see. But but Gonzaga started to pull away. I mean, obviously. We we don't I, I think talk about it enough. They don't have quite have a nickname yet of like the Fab Five. Mm-hmm. I wonder in five years are we going to look back and say okay these this Gonzaga starting lineup is ridiculous with Timmy with Suggs um, Kispert Kispert. This is a complete team. I think one of the biggest things that you saw is they missed a shot. They were there. They were trying to get the rebound and put it back. They were very aggressive, very well coached, and just fundamentals. Well, and I, I think going into that, and I interviewed Cody Feger, um, well, multiple times. <laughs> it was, if, if you listened to the pregame before, you, you heard the story behind that. He was gracious enough to do the pregame interview three times in a row, because obviously it took three times for BYU to actually be able to play a game. So he was kind enough to do it all three times. Uh, but he had talked specifically about one of the things they were working on was transition defense. And that's something that Gonzaga you know, used against BYU. That BYU struggled with that early in the game, and that's that's something they knew Gonzaga had shown the ability to just work teams in transition. If you turn the ball over, they're gone. And how many times did we see that, like, you know, a turnover or a bad shot, and Gonzaga was on the move, and it didn't take them long to go right to the rim for a layup. Yeah, and, and every it seemed like every rebound, whether it was offensive, defensive rebound, they were there. But then they were also out, out in front. And, and BYU didn't have very many fast break opportunities. And a huge credit to to Gonzaga, to Coach Few, and just their planning and preparation and what they were able to do with a very good BYU team. I mean, it, it's sad because you look at it and you think, you know, okay, hey, BYU, they lost by 17. They were down by 30-plus right. in the second half. But this is a very, very talented BYU team. This is a tournament team. Well, and I think that the fact, and you alluded to this, the fact that they didn't just pack it in and, and you know just coast the rest of the way. They had multiple runs, both in the first and the second half, where they, they pulled the game close. And look, you had guys like Gideon George that played really well. Caleb Lohner had a career high with 13 points. That's back-to-back games for him where he's posted career highs. His last game, which was all the way back on the 23rd of December against Weebury, had a career high 11. Then he had a career high against Gonzaga with 13. You know, this team never gave up. And I know in listening to Coach Pope afterwards as he was talking with Greg and Mark on the postgame show, you know, he he was certainly appreciative of that, but also... That's what he expects from this team. This team is not some they're not just going to give up. They they will always fight and and as a coach, that's all you can ask for. And more times than not, if you have a team that has that mindset, you're going to win a lot of games, which obviously BYU has. Yeah. And, and and they really they're so well well coached and you can see that in the way that they play and that the fight that they didn't give up and that hey, we're down we, we're not going to win this game, but you know what we're going to do? We have got two big games coming up with St. Mary's and San Francisco. The other top teams in the conference, Fingers you've got crossed. to yeah, you've got to build that momentum and stuff. You can't just lay down. Hey, you may not win this game against Gonzaga, but you need to get ready and and 
Caleb Lohner and Gideon George and these other guys that aren't Alex Barcelo right. need to step up and be ready to go. Yeah, certainly fingers crossed that the, the two games on the road next week against both, you know, as you mentioned, San Francisco, St. Mary's, both teams from California, and, and we realize the inherent um, uncertainty in terms of playing games against teams in that state, you know, it's certainly something we will all be paying attention to for, for many reasons because we're obviously fans. But, you know, for, for Junior and I, it's, it's our job. So, you know, we're paying very close attention to some of those details. And we're going to get into that coming up on the other side. When we come back, we're, we're going to take a deeper dive into just how much goes into the scheduling of these basketball games and games in general. Junior is the guy to talk about that. You're not going to want to miss this. This is this is some good stuff. If you're looking for the kind of the behind the scenes, you know, sort of uh, peeling away the layers to find out how things really work, this next segment's going to be right up your alley. We'll do that when we come back. That's next on the Cougar Tailgate. To the Cougar Tailgate. My name is Jason Shepard, joined today by Dave Phillips Jr., a.k.a. Junior. And first and foremost, this we're now into segment two. Uh, are you enjoying this, by the way? Oh, I love it. Absolutely. This, this is a lot of fun. And, and Look, this is what we do around our office anyway. I was going to say, like, this is the thing, is during the day, we get together, we sit around, we talk you know BYU sports. We talk about what's going on in in the world of sports and stuff. This is like a typical conversation that we would have any day, and that's why I absolutely love this job. Is I don't have to talk politics. I don't have to talk <laughs> anything else. We talk about sports. In the end, it doesn't really matter, but it re- but it does, and and that's what's that's what's fun about sports. Well, and one of the cool things about having you on the show today is you can give an insight that that a lot of people may not necessarily no goes into scheduling games and and putting schedules together and all that kind of stuff. As we mentioned in the previous segment, the game against Gonzaga came together very quickly. About 48 hours is about what it took. And we saw Mark Pope tweet out on Monday, "Hey, we got a game." Um and and so there were there were reports and and news leaking that it was probably going to be Gonzaga, but there was nothing official for quite a while. Can you give everybody maybe not specifically you know, with with that situation, but obviously you can speak to it. But just in general, it, it's not just hey, these two teams want to play. It's done. There, there's so much more that goes into it than just that. Yeah, and and obviously this year um, things are a lot different. Where if we're gonna watch it, it's got to be on TV. <laughs> what? And yeah, and because we can't be there in person, you can't do that. So when these games come together, so we see Mark Pope tweet on Monday, hey, we got a game. You know, emphasizing a game and stuff. And I think then we kind of all realized, okay, this has got to be big. This has got to be Gonzaga. The coaches knew Monday. They had, you know, I, I'm sure Mark Pope and Mark Few have talked about that they've, of how this came together between the two of them. But then it has to go through the conference and and the TV deals. And, and TV deals are one of the most important things when it comes to this major um, college basketball and college football to get these games because you got to have it on TV. Mm-hmm. And if you're well, if you if you've got the number one team in the country, they're on TV every week. Well, and you have multiple television partners. It's kind of a pecking order of how yeah. that works. So, so the West Coast Conference has 
really three to four different TV deals. So ESPN has first right of refusal. Any game that comes up, ESPN goes, yeah, I want it. No, I don't. So you'll see every BYU-Gonzaga game because they know it's going to be a game. If there's a team in the West Coast Conference that's going to beat Gonzaga, BYU's kind of proved that it's them. Uh, St. Mary's a little bit and stuff. But those games, so ESPN knows there are BYU fans across the country. We're going to have that. So they, they have first right. Second is CBS Sports. And then third, on the road, when, when BYU is away from Provo, it's stadium. When they're in Provo, BYU TV, we, we've got it. Um, we've kind of got third-tier rights on home games and stuff. So a lot of this goes into it. So once the coaches decide, we want to play, it goes to the conference, and the conference says, okay, we'll have you guys play. And they'll do what's best for the conference. We, we can't schedule Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and San Francisco every week, um, which would be cool, which would be a lot say, of fun. Are we sure we can't? Because <laughs> that would sure be a heck of a lot better than some of the, the other teams, teams. You know, at the bottom of the conference. But, you know, the conference got to look out for the conference. So the conference has to approve the deal. And then, then they go to ESPN and say, okay, we've got this for you. Would you like this? ESPN has a certain amount of time to decide. Then CBS. So they've got to set it. Then they've got to work with if ESPN says, absolutely, we want Gonzaga BYU. This is the biggest game of the day. We're going to want it. Now they've got to clear their schedule. Now they've got to figure out where do we want to put it. And, and, and the biggest thing is, so Mark Pope tweets that Monday night, and then we don't find out till 2.30 on Tuesday right. who, when, and where. Um, and a lot of that is, is they've got to move it. That means they've got to move crews because you've got to have a good crew calling this game. And so in, in dealing with these deals, typically, these are done over the summer. Once the schedule's set, uh, ESPN has a month or two to kind of go through and say, all right, these are our games that we know we're going to want. And then CBS, once ESPN chooses, they pass it off and say, okay, these are no longer available. CBS chooses. And they have a certain amount where they have a minimum of nine games, um, I believe, that CBS will – that. CBS picks up. So they have nine or more, whatever they go through and they decide of what works best for their schedule. What was interesting this year is if you look at the non-conference schedule, and and no one happier than me, we got a lot of games on BYU TV. Right. But a lot of that is the chaos of basketball getting getting pushed a little later, football kind of getting pushed a little later. And so in those, even though there were some marquee games, we had the Boise – we had the Utah game. Right. We had the two biggest non-conference games. Um, in Provo on our air, and that was just because there was football. And ESPN and CBS and these other um, networks have to prioritize what they want to show. Well, and in the the specific situation with BYU and Gonzaga, one of the questions you have to ask yourself, okay, so is this – is this going to be an added game? Is this going to be a third matchup between these two? Or, as it obviously turned out, this is a rescheduling of the game that was originally scheduled February 6th at Spokane. So it was not in addition to the game in Spokane in February and then the home game at the end of the month in Provo. This is taking the place. So then that opens up another date for Gonzaga. So there are all of these different moving pieces that you have to follow before you officially get to saying, yes. It's done. We know where it's going to be. We know what time it's going to be played. It's a go. There's so many things that have to fall into place before you even get to that point. Yeah. The conference has to do this. The conference is the one who's making this choice. Do we want BYU and Gonzaga playing three times? And I think there's a big part of the conference that says, 
Yeah, we kind of do. But there's others that says we can't just schedule priority. Every team has to have that opportunity because guess what? They're going to get more viewers and it doesn't matter what team when Gonzaga is playing, when BYU is playing, when San Francisco is playing. These other schools giving them that opportunity to have those moments where maybe they're having a down year, but they they hit it right on one day and everything's dropping. We've seen that in games where just that that game here in February last year when BYU beat Gonzaga and it felt like everything was dropping. It felt like every play, you know, was just be, went BYU's way. Some teams are going to have that, and the conference has to give everyone that opportunity. They've got to weigh that what's best for the conference, what's best for that. So, so many people have their hands in this. Yeah, it would be great if it was, you know, like like your backyard game where you call up and say, "Jason, let's play let's tonight." Play. Yeah, let's go let's, play. Let's just go play. And unfortunately, it's not that way. You're part of a conference. You're all working together to do this. But it, that's kind of the reason why I think a lot of people were maybe, you know, frustrated at BYU or just really, I think anyone, a scheduling announcement sometimes beats the, <laughs> right. the game. We, itself. we we were without though the uh, the eyeball tweets though right yeah, like the we got a few yeah, yeah but I, not I, like in football no no, no. this but. this wasn't football um, <laughs> with stuff like that and you know and, and you know going back to the the coastal Carolina yeah so okay so this is interesting because now you mentioned that with the basketball you obviously have to go through a conference. BYU football doesn't. There's much more flexibility with BYU football, but it, it also actually because I was going to ask you, it's maybe it's maybe like a cool behind the scenes story you can share, and it probably ties in with coastal with coastal Carolina for the for the bowl game. But because we all kind of live this behind the scenes, there was a lot going on right around that coastal Carolina. Why don't you give everybody an idea of of what? <laughs> Your role as a coordinating producer for BYU TV Sports is you're putting you're you're mixing and matching and finding where everybody fits in terms of, you know, talent and who's going to go where. Give everybody an idea of what that week specifically was like. Well, Coastal Carolina and the bowl game were were two kind of different things but very similar. Yes. So like with the Coastal Carolina game, BYU basketball was in Connecticut and playing in this tournament. And Mark Pope really wanted the coverage, especially in a COVID year. So we sent um, Jerem Jordan up there to do that. Well, they were flying home on that Thursday after the tournament and stuff. And there was we were we were thinking, do we move them Wednesday because the game got moved um, against St. John's and stuff. So we're we're kind of working flights and moving, and then all of a sudden we're hearing rumors. Wait, there's Coastal Carolina. Wait, are they really going to play? The the equipment truck's leaving in the middle of the night, but we haven't seen an announcement yet. So we have to make the decision who goes where and what. So Spencer, who's been covering football, we sent him, fly him across the country to, to Myrtle Beach. Jerem comes back. Travis Cameron, our producer, shooter, editor extraordinaire, flies from Connecticut down to Coastal Carolina in the hopes that this game's going to happen. So that that was crazy. The bowl game, I think, was even more nuts <laughs> because our, our good friend Spencer Linton, uh, his wife, as, as it was well documented and stuff, was pregnant. And so then you're dealing with that aspect of it of we don't know when she's going to have a baby. And then they add this game. It's in between two uh, men's basketball games. And so, you know, working with, with you, with um, Jerem and Spencer, and we had to make a decision a couple nights before who would go out to Boca Raton <laughs> because I'm not sending Spencer to Florida if his wife goes yeah. into labor. And and there were some we, – we thought it was happening. We thought it was happening, and it it didn't. It didn't. 
we ended up getting everything covered and, and stuff like that. But just as thin as we were stretching, making sure that, okay, Greg's in Boca Raton. So that means, obviously, Jason's got to call the men's game on Monday. But can Greg make it, physically make it back from Boca Raton to Salt Lake to do the Weber State game, which right. is a little early. It's a 5 o'clock game. So there's there are all these moving parts of making sure that we have the coverage, that you can listen, that you can watch as much BYU sports as possible. And and it's a lot of like, okay, Jason, if Spencer's wife goes into labor this day, you're calling this game and this game and this. If she doesn't, then you're doing this, this, and this. So there's a lot of it that goes together behind the scenes and, and determining who calls what game and who's where. And in this day and age where we're now going to have five sports going at once, the first time that's really ever happened. Right. It's going to be the winter. The winter spring crossover is going to be it's going to be insane. But I don't mean that in a negative way. Like I'm really looking forward to it. It's it's going to be crazy in terms of the number of games that are going to be going on at the same time, because you're going to have men's and women's volleyball. You're going to have obviously still men's and women's basketball going on. You're going to have women's soccer, you know, a team that legitimately, you know, has a chance in the postseason every year. You're going to have baseball starting up. You're going to have all of these things going on at the same time for the very first time ever. And a lot of it, most of it, you're going to see on BYU TV or the BYU TV app or listen on BYU radio or all of the above. Like it's going to be an insanely crazy time, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It it is going to be a lot of fun. And and the best part of it is men's volleyball, ranked number one. Right. Um women's volleyball is ranked ranked sixteenth right now. Sixteenth right now. So soccer is gonna be ranked. Coming off an elite eight, eight. last yeah. year. So every one of these teams is going to be elite. And, and obviously BYU men's and women's basketball are doing well right now. And so we could have in March and April and May, I mean, we're talking about post, lots of postseason stuff and, and things like that, which makes it fun. And and with these cancellations and rescheduling. So on Thursday, we were supposed to have Pacific here in Provo on BYU TV. But obviously that got cha- and and that could get added back into this mix. So it's a lot of fun. We're kind of on our toes. It's kind of one of those where we tell our families, "I'll see you in, <laughs> yeah. in May." Yeah. Um, but it really, of all the jobs to be doing, covering BYU sports is is probably one of the top. Yeah. There. I. I and I, I mean this in all sincerity. There is not a day that goes by that either on my way into work. While I'm at work or driving home, I don't feel extremely blessed to be able to do what I do and for essentially my passion to be what my career has turned out to be. Like it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I was actually going to ask you, because a lot of times we'll ask, especially over the last couple of months with everything going on with the pandemic, we'd always ask somebody on the show, so under normal circumstances, what, what's your job like? I can't even ask you that because – under your current title, you got the job in February. All of this happened in March. You don't know what a normal uh, like schedule and routine is right now. No, not really. <laughs> you know, I, I started. We were getting ready for the West Coast Conference tournament. We come back, and and a glimpse that I don't know how many people know this. CBS had contacted us. They wanted to do when they did the bracket reveal. They wanted a camera at at the BYU practice facility on the team. They were. They were really hyped about BYU and their chances in the tournament and things like that. And and going from that high to 
the absolute low of, of yeah. canceling season stuff. I, I tell my wife, you know, I'm excited to see what uh, twenty, you know, twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three is like. Hopefully, outside the pandemic and, and a quote unquote normal. But really, I I can't complain. This yep. is this is a ton of fun, and you know, a bad day at the office is a loss. But it, you're still having fun. Yes. You're still covering BYU sports. Well, hey, great job. Um, thanks for doing this. Uh, appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself. Absolutely. All right. That's going to do it for our show today. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon, Mountain Time. Or you can download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. West Coast Conference play is finally here. I guess the question is, how many games will BYU basketball actually play? Ah, only time will tell. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. This has been the Cougar Tailgate.